And welcome back to another episode of In the Sheds on Code with Kingy, where for this go around, I'm joined by current Southland Stag and Highlander Solomon Alaimalo. First off, brother, thank you very much for your time and how are things? Oh, no, I appreciate you having me, bro. Um, everything's all good, man. Just tracking along nicely and just sort of taking boxes here and there and yeah, just cruising, bro. <laughs> Standard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just talked about it before, bro. I mean, pretty tough loss on the weekend, losing all the way at the end. Yeah. But how how'd the body pull up? I know you haven't been in action for a while. And have you got used to the cold of Invercargill yet? Or even just down south? <laughs> yeah, um, bro. It's, it's not too bad. Like, um, yeah, as it opposed to what, what inside? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is hot out warm in here. <laughs> but yeah, it did actually start like pursing down just before. And it has been like since yesterday. But yeah, body's all good. Just a bit banged up and stuff. Like not used to the contact in that. It'll take me a couple of weeks. But apart from that, like everything's been all good. Like obviously tough loss. But yeah, for me, it was just good to be back out there and just running around and just enjoying code really. But gutted for the loss and stuff. Or gutted about the loss. But yeah, just another nine weeks to sort of keep ticking away, bro. Hard. Um, and I'm not sure if it was a special occasion because I'm not sure if you've ever played with your brother. But what was that like? Yeah, right. That was cool, man. That was uh, yeah, that was that was the first time. Our first time we've played 15s together because this whole preseason he's been out, so he hasn't been able to jam. I think I played a club. Oh, actually, I played a club game with him early on in the year, but only got to play like half a game. So no, it was cool playing with him, man. Like um, yeah, just sort of lining up against him. Got a bit too excited. Um, a couple of times there, the, um, we scuffles and stuff, but uh, it was all good, bro. Like, it was just cool to run out there with him, and um, yeah, just always sort of been a dream, eh, just to play with it, uh, play alongside each other because couldn't really do that at school because I was obviously like a couple of years older, and um, just the timing of it wasn't there, so yeah. Now, I think I remember reading or like hearing something about like he was actually part of your move to Southland because you know, a player your caliber probably got to pick between. Otago or Southland, you know, once you made the move down to the Highlanders. So, yeah, I can I can definitely see that being quite a bit. Like, was yeah. all the family there? No, it was, it was pretty much just my bro. So my immediate family is all in uh, Melbourne. So it's just, yeah, me me and the missus and, and my bro here. Because, yeah, he was just, yeah, he was based here. He, he went to uh, Italy for a bit, um, but he's been based here like the last, I think, two, oh, this is his third year, yeah. So like three three seasons, um, and yeah, bro, I just I've always obviously wanted to play alongside him, so yeah, that was a factor. And then obviously I knew like quite a few of the boys coming down and had a or have a good relationship with the coach too. So yeah, it was all pretty appealing. And um, yeah, I did have a few offers here and there, but yeah, it was just sort of for me like it was good to sort of be able to put pen to paper and be like I get to play with the bros. So yeah. Hissing. And before we crack into how I like to go about stuff chronologically with your story, um, I know that we've, we've gone back and forth and you you hit the news, so to speak, um, with opening up about your mental health struggles um, this year. And that was part of the reason why you didn't take part in a lot of the Highlanders campaigns. So do you want to give us an update on where you're at with that and how you're progressing there? Yeah, bro. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, in a good space, eh? like um, at the moment and stuff, get things tricking along nicely. I still have my chickens and stuff with um, my PD at the landers and stuff. And, um, you know, chicken here and there with her. And, um, but yeah, everything's going nicely, man. Um, yeah, me and, me and my my partner have settled in nicely in, um, in Invisboro. And, yeah, it's obviously a small place and stuff. And the weather's not great all the time. But, yeah, it's just been pretty cool. Like, especially going back to grassroots and stuff, bro. I think for me, like, that was pretty cool again, like, to, to get to experience that. And just yeah, they they were real welcoming. Eh? Um, the club that I went to, my brother's club, in terms of just you know, just made me feel like welcome straight away. And yeah, it was just awesome, bro. So yeah, I'm pretty good space, man. Well, that's awesome to hear, bro. And it's cool that you touch on um, being appreciative of being able to, I guess, strip everything back because you you've been a part of like the business side of rugby for so long now that you know, with whatever else was going on in your head, you know, it was 
just a great opportunity for you to just play rugby, you know, with guys who are just playing it their fun rather than having it as a, a means to to make money or whatnot, bro. So yeah, very good to hear that you're in that you're in the, the right space to um be excelling. Uh yeah, no doubt we'll see you back to the heights that we've seen you in the past. But I want to take it back to day dot with you though, bro. So would you mind starting yeah. us off with uh where'd you go up and how'd you even get into playing rugby? Party, bro. So um yeah, I grew up in Christchurch, bro. Yeah, I was born in Auckland, but uh, pretty much parents and that moved down when I was five to Christchurch. And pretty much was just, yeah, went to school there, went to St. Bede's College and then, like did all my schooling there and stuff as well. And yeah, like played club straight out of school and stuff. Played for Sydenham, um, great club, bro. And yeah, I was in the academy there for like two years. And yeah, sort of for me, what got me into rugby was just, I think it was um, my old man. He'd just take us to, or take me at the time because I was, still the only child and stuff, just to like games and stuff at Jade Stadium, like um, all black trials and stuff like that, which is like pretty cool. You know, I, I don't really remember much of it, but like I, I, they had like quite a few photos of like me with like dudes like um, like uh, Andrew Murdens and that. Uh, yeah, and pretty cool, like Christian Cullen and stuff like that. And, you know, he's he's my favourite player and stuff as well. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Like that was sort of the main reason I just sort of seen, you know, like just into rugby since I was young um, watching it and stuff um, and it was always like a dream and like a goal of mine to be able to play professional footy and yeah so it was either that or like I always said like I wanted to be like a policeman like when I was young too so and I was just yeah obviously real grateful that I got to the place sort of where I am bro so yeah it's all good man <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just about to say bro you've ticked off one goal and you've still got plenty of time to pick up the police stuff should you want to visit yeah. it um, post-career. But you talk about being in the academy and going through St. Bede. So were you always like a, a gun coming through the age groups and was part of the reason for going to St. Bede's to kick on with rugby? Yeah, bro, it was, yeah, it was. So in the age grades and stuff, sort of always played age grades um, for Canterbury and stuff and um, went through there like with like some good players as well. And sort of like, yeah, it was like a lot of like the core of us that sort of kicked on, which is pretty cool. Because I think I mentioned, like, so like we sort of played with, like, Damo and Anton because they're from down there too, like, originally. Mm-hmm. So um, there's quite a few of us in that sort of group that have sort of spread across um, NZ as well now. So, yeah, yeah, the main reason, yeah, to go to Beadsboro was pretty much sort of at the time they were pretty on top of, like, footy and stuff as well. Um, I think they'd been to top four. Oh, my first year, they were, like, second in NZ. They had a pretty gun side and then... Yeah, just school as well. But yeah, like the majority reason I think was because of code, bro. That sort of, and I was lucky to, to even get in as well. So, because I think like it, it is quite hard, like if you don't have sort of ties to the school in terms of like like relations and stuff. But once you are in, sort of thing, sort of makes it easier for you know, like because my bro ended up going there too, and then if I have a son, then I'll, I'll send my son there too, bro. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, bro. So, what, what year did you finish? Because I'm a stream boy, so we play our traditionals against you. Or my, oh, true. my schools did, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So I finished in uh, thirteen, bro. When did you finish? Fourteen. Fourteen was oh, my last true. year. Oh, true. Yeah. So I would have. I wonder if you played Charles. I wonder if you played Charles. Oh, maybe. Oh, you might have, bro. Because yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, we played. Because were you chase? You're a year younger than Chase, you know. Yeah, bro. Or two years. Yeah, no, yeah. One, so yeah, I remember one year. Play, one year. Oh, yeah. So I remember playing because I don't. Did we? I don't know if we got to play that 2013 year because of like. Oh, I can't even remember, bro. Bro, it's, it's actually like low key years ago. If you look at like yeah. now, 2021, it's a. <laughs> it's almost ten years ago, bro. All right, yeah, I only asked, Whoa. bro, just just out of curiosity. So you're at Beads, you progress yep. to to the Canterbury system. So yep. like at that stage, you know, having finished up at school. Like, like what what were you doing? Like were you studying on the side? Were you working? What were you doing? Yo, so um yeah, once I'd finished and stuff, yeah, like because oh, I went to that to Sydney. Um they sort of sussed me out, a uh, good dude there uh, sussed me out a part time role at his um at his work, bro, and like sort of where he he ran it was like called like Trans Diesel and um a couple of us boys that were at the club got sussed like some pretty like pretty good hours there. Um that sort of tied in with you know, hours for training and stuff because it is pretty hard to find work that are willing to accommodate like you with those hours and stuff. So we're pretty fortunate enough that um, 
you know, he was good in that aspect and just sort of understood what we wanted to sort of prioritise. So, yeah, we still got, like, decent work and stuff. We got, like, 30 hours and stuff, but we're still able to, when things did come up, like, for code and stuff, be able to shoot away early and stuff like that. So I was pretty much just doing that, bro, like, and then, yeah, sort of didn't, like, progress as much as I wanted to. And then my family and that moved over to Melbourne, like, in, I think it was oh, 2015. Yeah, like, late 2015. So I think it was after the rep season and stuff. And then I just decided to go as well, just because, um, you know, I hadn't, like, lived away from them and stuff. And I was like, oh, shucks, they're moving to a different country and, and so And then ended up moving over as well. But I only lasted, like, a couple of months. And then, yeah, didn't really enjoy it and stuff. Like, I thought it was, like, just too big in that for me, eh? Like, in the city and stuff. And then, yeah, just ended up coming back, bro, to NZ. But, yeah, moved to up north. So, yeah. Hmm. I, I do want to ask in that, bro, and, and I hope it's not a touchy subject. You, you talk about oh. you, you spend your first couple of years outside of school in the Canterbury system and things, by the sounds of it, didn't go to plan. And so then you end up packing your bags and moving with your family, you know, because they're your yep. family over to Melbourne. But given you're a Christchurch boy and yep. the Canterbury system didn't work for you, can you tell us why? Because I, I, I've got a lot of mates that have gone down there and some yep. have hit it off and some haven't, but. You're probably the first guy yep. that I've come across that's born and bred Canterbury where, yep. for, as far as I know, it didn't work out. Yeah, bro. Um, oh, for me, it was just, I think it was like, more like the system, because I'm still grateful for what I learned there because I feel like had I not, like what I picked up there was was like second to none, like their rugby system there is unreal. But like in terms of opportunity, like there wasn't for me, like there, there wasn't one for me, like in terms of, pushing for those higher honours, I reckon, like in the sort of long run when I sort of sat down with my agent and sort of sussed out what it looked like for the next couple of years because there was like quite a good group of um, outside backs and that coming through at that time too that I just brought in. So for me, yeah, it was more like opportunity, I reckon, like as opposed to the system because the training and stuff and everything I picked up there, like I wouldn't be where I am without it, especially post-school. You know, obviously I've learned more as I've come through the system and stuff, but those first couple of years out of school, like I've, I'd learned quite a bit and I think it was like a good sort of foundation for me had I did it like, like if I did move anywhere else anyway. So I didn't sort of want to wait too long and miss that sort of window. And if that meant me like having to move, then like it just meant me having to move. Um, but I did like when I moved over to Melbourne, because I did a pre-season there, like with the Rebels and stuff, but like I didn't really enjoy it as well. So um, and I was I was really close to like just not playing at all like once I hadn't cracked it but just sort of fortunate that everything sort of fell into place. So then, how the deal with the Tanifa with Northland come about? Like when, once you returned to New Zealand, was it a, a coaching tie? Yeah. What happened there? Yeah, bro. So I was our coach now for the Stags. Dale, he was up there as the backs coach. But you know, like he messaged me like it was nothing guaranteed. He just told me to come over and play club, um, and if I was good enough, then they'll then they'd sign me up and stuff but I'd come over I'd come over like real early bro like early January but like the boys for the high performance group weren't assembling till like late February so I was like there training like by myself for like a good month and a bit and just sort of ticking away and yeah yeah like I'd like they'd sort of put a plan together for me and sort of laid out the pathway and where they sort of thought where I was going to get to and like tied in with my goals and stuff where I wanted to get to and then yeah like had a good couple of blocks of training before the boys come in and played maybe like four rounds of, of club footy. And then, yeah, Dale gave me the good news and was like, oh, we're going to sign you. And then, yeah, like from there, it was oh, like I was pretty stoked because like, obviously it was my first professional contract or semi-pro contract. And then I was like grateful as that it sort of happened because see, like moving away, like putting all my eggs in one basket, you know, I was either, if I couldn't crack it there, then I probably wasn't going to anyway. So, yeah, just sort of fortunate that I put my best foot forward and then yeah just sort of sort of fell into place bro true and now I do have to ask bro like obviously like in, in the lead up you're, you're playing your club footy and you're waiting for the, the tunny fire season to kick off yep. and and again I asked this just out of curiosity because I got a mate of mine um up in Northland at the moment or he just spent yeah. the past club season there bro what is there to do in Northland like, if you're not training and you're not working, bro, what is there to do? How do you keep Nothing, yourself busy? Bro. Nothing, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I was just lucky I had like a couple, well, like quite a few lads that I knew from 
Christchurch move up and try the crack there too. So yeah, not much, bro. Like because they they have like a blockbuster still there when I was there. Um, yeah, bro. And the, the place we're staying at still, like had like a PS3 like left behind. Um, so I just like pretty much just DVDs, bro, and just thrash DVDs and stuff. And yeah, train like we train like a couple times a day, but you know, like there's so much time to fill in still. So nah, like not much, eh, bro. Like especially in that time of that time of year, bro. And then until footy sort of kicked off anyway, because ah, there was like yeah, not much to do. Like the beach isn't that unreal, um, but I still didn't like start visiting them until the sort of my, the back end of my time up there. So, um, yeah, like, it's not much, bro, but at least the weather's nice, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but say Mangafai is pretty hissing in the summer. But, yeah, yeah Fritz, bro. if you're listening, bro, I've just got confirmation <laughs> from a Super Rugby player that there's nothing to do there, so there's no excuses <laughs> not to be training. Um, but but back to you, um, Mr. Alain Malo. So, play club rugby, you your contract, and then you go on to play for the Tanifa. And while the team wasn't very successful, you you were pretty good for a guy who had no experience at that level, let alone you know, actually training with the top side. So what do you put it down to having adapted to that next level so quickly? Oh like for me, I think it was more like just the like having someone there, like because I'm pretty close to Dale. He like he put a like real big sort of belief in me that I, I could do it and stuff. Like um I sort of just knew like how to sort of make me tick if I was sort of doubting myself and stuff. So I like had a real good connection with him, but at the same time, like he'd be straight up with me if I hadn't, you know, like um, committing to what I was setting out to do. But yeah, like for me, bro, like that first first year, like especially with Diesel, like um, just his belief in me, like, and he was in the staff and stuff as well, sort of just made me believe that I was capable of playing at that level sort of thing. And just having like that decent club season that I did have um, made me, you know, believe even more. So I think, yeah, I just put it down to like the work I did in that preseason because I wasn't, because um, I was training like pretty much on my own for like that first month and a bit until the boys came in anyway. And then I just flowed in, like just had a lot more confidence and yeah, put on like quite a bit of size too in that space. And then, yeah, like I just put it down to like, yeah, just the belief these were in me and then just like me believing in myself as well, bro. It is crazy, like how much of a difference a coach that actually like gets in behind you makes. Because I mean, like you, you mean you've been around the block now, and that's not to say that other coaches haven't believed in you. But you know, when you have a guy that like will sit you down and be like, "Hey, you know, you've you've got it. You know, you just need to believe it yourself." Like, like even like for me, bro, a club battler, when I've had coaches get in behind me, um, it's almost like, yeah, like I am the man, even though I'm not the Yo, man. Huh. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's bro, mean, eh? It, oh, it is. It is. I think it's like a, it's like an any workplace, bro. Not only like rugby or sport. Like if you have a boss that believes yeah. in you, you're gonna want to fight that little bit harder or put in that that little bit more effort in. So, yeah, yeah hundred. Shout out to Dale. Um, but progressing <laughs> from that, um, so, so you, you clock out that season, you do well personally, and then the Chiefs come calling. So, how early during that Mitre Ten Cup season did you know that you were on track for getting a, a Super Rugby deal? Yeah, so I, I think I was playing like club, and I think it was like in the later, later rounds of club, club rugby. And Dale told me that um, they sort of they they I was on their radar, but you know like it wasn't anything like major. Like he just sort of mentioned that um, like they were looking at me and the Blues were looking at me, but it wasn't you know like contract talks yet because it was obviously still club season. And then um, I hadn't played miters like they hadn't seen me play miters or anything. And then, yeah, like, I literally played that whole... I didn't hurt anything, bro, and just played that whole Mitre 10 season out. And then, like, after our last game, yeah, I just remember getting told that the Blues were interested. And, but, like, I hadn't heard from the Chiefs. So, I think it was, like, a couple of days or the day before the contract thing was, like, sort of, like, pretty much finalised. And that the Chiefs reached out and said that they were keen to sign me as well. But when I was, the Blues contract was sort of, it was like a draft. So uh, it's sort of like the same, but there's not much difference to it now. But at the time it was like the 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 coin and stuff was quite different. But the Blues were sort of like, they were willing to match it. Um, what the Chiefs sort of, because the Chiefs were full contracting. So, you know, they, they matched it anyway. But at the time I just thought, like for me personally and, 
it was probably best that I did go Chiefs just because like, I felt I'd back myself a lot more with and like with the players they had. Not saying they didn't have like good players and stuff, but the opportunity again in the long run would have been um, a lot better for me, sort of thing. Um, just because mm. at the Blues at the time they had like Reeks and stuff were playing on the wing, they still had like MC, I think SB Dub, Renz, and that was still there. Well, they had a mean like backline on paper. But, you know, like, I, I, at the same time, I didn't want to, like, I did, you know, like, I knew my first year was going to be learning and stuff anyway, but at the same time, I wanted to be able to compete and put my best foot forward and be able to get that sort of game time, and I, which I was lucky enough to get my first year. But I think, yeah, had I stayed there, I probably wouldn't have got as many games as I did my first year that I did at the Chiefs. So, yeah, literally like the day or two days from the contract being finished that I found out I did have a gig pro. So I was, I was like over the moon and stuff. And yeah, it was just, yeah, buzzy, like not hearing from all season, but I didn't really sort of focus on that. Like I just wanted to, like I just cracked miters, like that was my focus and that was where sort of all my energy and my focus was going. So yeah, it was just um, whatever came after that to me was like a bonus. So yeah. There's a pretty crazy, like, what would have been, like, nine, ten months, bro. You go from coming back to New Zealand, you know, like, not really enjoying footy, training by yourself, club footy, bang, 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 contracts, Chiefs are keen, but not too sure. Yo. Play well in a, in a team that didn't go so great, and then, bang, you're a professional rugby player, like, full-time now, so. Like, yeah, like, man. Like, 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 I don't know, like, for me, like, whenever I, like, listen to these guys and I, and I hear stories like that, I mean, for you, though, like, did was this something that you'd always envisioned for yourself? Like, did you, like, think that you were going to crack it? Or was are you just, did it take you back, like, in sort of disbelief? Because some guys that I talked to, like, I always knew I was going to get there. It was just a matter of time. And then some others have been like, bro, I, you know, honestly, like, I play footy for footy. And I just had a good run. And it's just turned out that I've had this career now. So, yeah, like, where's, where's it at with you? Yeah, I think for me, bro, like, I, because, like, I, just always it was something I'd always wanted to do especially growing up and just the amount of work I put into my code and stuff as well like I think I sort of always felt like whether I was going to play like one or two years like it was always sort of going to be part of my journey like I, I wasn't sure on like the longevity and how long I'd be able to get to do it but I always sort of felt that it was going to be you know like there was going to be a time where like I would get an opportunity and stuff and it was just you know, like a matter of like where or when sort of thing. And pre-moving to Melbourne, I thought, you know, like, nah, like this isn't for me and stuff. But I think like I just wasn't patient enough at the time sort of thing. And just, you know, wasn't like, because I, I had an opportunity to move up to Waikato, like straight out of school. But like, once again, like I, I hadn't, I hadn't lived away from my rents and stuff. Like I didn't want to move then and, um, not saying that I would have kicked on had I moved up there, but like it was like because quite a few of our boys that I played through the ranks and stuff with like moved up and they started to kick on, you know. And like for me, like um, I was stoked as for them, but at the same time I was sort of wondering if I like, like what if I'd moved up there and stuff, you know? Because I was still playing like hunting stuff down in Christchurch and and all that. But yeah, it was just like timing, bro. I reckon like I just had to wait and bide my time. Um, really and just sort of put in the hard yards like for a bit longer and then yeah my opportunity would eventually come and it did so yeah yeah bro well you you eventually got there and what is it you've you've been at it for a while now bro and yeah like I guess that that really is what separates you guys from the rest of the pack you know that, that innate belief that you're going to do it and like you said when you have mates that are cracking it although you know you're obviously stoked for them if anything that's yeah. you know and even more of a kick you know if you're like bro that could be me like um let's get that stuff sorted out and then even like, like what you just mentioned there with um having the opportunity to go to Waikato I guess not only did that rugby season go for you well in Northland but you know it must have been like a just a massive learning experience for you full stop you know being away from your family and you know having to mature probably played a part in you and you cracking on but yeah back to the whole Chiefs thing though so you, you sign your contract and then it's bang into a preseason, you know yeah. <laughs> how on earth did that go bro i always ask because like you talk about going out and doing your fitness pre-northland yep. club footy bro that yep. must have been a whole different kettle of fish correct 
Yeah, man, it was my favorite. I reckon like the first, especially because it was my first, yeah, like sort of preseason and stuff. Like for me, it was that was probably my hardest. But I think it was just the element of like the unknown. Like I didn't know what what was to come, so I was always on edge like every day, like for sharks. Like they'd have it in the calendar and stuff, but um, like you didn't know. And like you'd ask some of the boys, and like they'd they'd g you up and be like, oh like we're doing this and that like just to sort of scare you a bit yeah so um it was it was still hard though like if that was tough but oh bro I was like it was it was a cool experience though because eh? um because not the first block your like your ABs and that weren't there but the second block I think they were there for like the last couple of weeks or last one or two weeks so um it was cool to like when those guys were back to sort of get to know them and sort of just learn off them really um, that was the cool thing. And then, yeah, it was obviously hard, bro. Like, shucks, the, some of the stuff we had to do. But, you know, like, the boys were saying that Dad had it tougher, like, the year before and stuff. And, you know, it's like, oh. But, like, when they were telling me, like, what they had to do and stuff, like, I was like, yeah, that is pretty hard, eh? like, pretty tough. So, it was, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. Like, I, you know, built a good relationship with the C coach as well. And then, yeah, it was just, I'd, I'd sort of rocked up, like, a bit out of Nick. You know, like, I did a bit of training because I went over to Melbourne the back end of that year just, you know, see my family. And then, like, did some training over there, but probably didn't do as much as I should have in terms of, like, just my eating and my weights and stuff because I rocked up and I was, like, I was pretty light, like, probably, like, 92 kegs or something. But, like, yeah, I just always knew, like, I sort of felt like oh, I'll be able to put it on um, in the preseason anyway. Yeah, because I was playing at like 99 or 98 when I was up at the Tunnies, but then rocked up and I was there. Yeah. Holy. So I was like, yeah, bro. So I was like, oh, they're sort of like, oh, bro, you've lost heaps of weight. <laughs> but like, I'm one of those ones, like, I can put it on pretty quick and then you lose it, like, just as fast if I don't keep my eating habits going. So, yeah, like, I put it on, I put it back on in, like, the space of two weeks or three weeks, go back to, like, yeah, like, 9,900. And then just sort of chipped away at that, bro. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I, like when I look at it, because I did a similar thing this year, bro. And I'm just like, bro. But yeah, it was it was it was all good. Like, um, just cool to sort of yeah, just get to know that that group of dudes, oh, those group of dudes, and just the organisation and everything as well, bro. So that was a cool experience, man. True. I, I was just gonna, I was gonna um, just get you to elaborate on that point, bro. Because it's something that I've been curious with. So obviously, when you go from school. Uh, and you're playing club footy and you're part of the academy you're obviously going to have to put on weight because you're still growing into your body um once you sort of hit that miters level so you know especially for someone like you like you just talked about you know the struggles with keeping on weight and, and losing it so quickly what is like how, how much did you weigh when you're at school and then what did you jump to when you played tunny fires and are you even like heavier now were you heavier at any stage with the chiefs holy um right at school i was like uh when i was playing first with dean i was playing at like 79 I was probably like 79 kegs yeah yeah <laughs> like 79 kegs like I was yeah I was real lean at school like whenever I see photos and stuff I'm like shucks how did I um play yeah and then once I'd left school when I was in that the Canterbury Academy like I managed to put on like 11 kgs in the space of like three months so like I got to like yeah I got to like I think it's like 90 yeah, 90. So I was like, yeah, I would have been 79. Yeah, so I got to like 90, which was like cool. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I was like putting on weight. But for me, it was like I just wanted to get – like put on more weight so I'd be more solid in contact and stuff um, and not like, you know, get ragdolled around because um, I'm like quite tall as well, bro. So, you know, like some of the boys can afford to be that light when they're a bit like shorter and stuff, you know, like harder to – Hard to get a hold of, but because I was so tall as well, like for all it took was just one arm and just ragdoll me. So yeah, like I I was heavy, my at my heaviest last year when I was up at the Chiefs, and I was like one oh yeah one oh three one oh four, um, but that was because like I sort of wanted to play that role of like being like a power winger as such um, for them. So yeah, I was I was at my heaviest then, um, but like my probably preferred playing weight is like yeah like ninety nine hundred, and then yeah if I do want like sort of put my mind to just playing wing like I'd I like to play like at 103 104 just because I know 
I'm sort of comfortable carrying that weight now. So, and I know what to expect. Whereas like when I was up there, it took me like, yeah, like a bit of time to sort of get used to it. Um, but it like felt mean and contact and stuff. And, but it was just like, yeah, I had to work more just on my speed and stuff just to maintain it. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, bro, like, did you, do you notice that, you know, like when you fluctuate between weights, whether or not you feel quicker or lighter on your feet or like when you go into contact that it's like, Oh, no, that's not as um, yeah. nice as, as it, as it used to feel not nice, but you get what I mean? Yeah. 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 Hard, hard. No, it was like, um, it was weird. Cause I like, I, I still like kept my speed and stuff like my 10 meter times, and, like 40 meter times are like, we're still the same, which was like a big, a big bonus like i was like oh yo like stoked as like I, I, I was expecting it to like you know fluctuate a bit and get a bit slower but it was still like around the same same mark which was like i was stoked with but yeah in contact like I'll, I'll know if like especially if i'm light and stuff like i'll be able to feel like the difference and yeah like obviously like feel a bit lighter on my feet too but yeah for me like because i like you know to carry the ball and stuff and sometimes like into players as well which is all good. But I think, yeah, I've got to get better at footwork and stuff like, and trying to evade them because I think when you get a bit bigger, you start to think you can like run over people, but it's not, it's not what it's about. Well, <laughs> I see you, I've seen you hand out a few whacks, though. The most notable <laughs> being that one and bro, the, that one on David Havili in Fiji, bro. Deadly. Deadly. I'm not, no. Maybe it was a one-time thing, bro. I don't know. But um, no. we'll, we'll take yeah. it a little bit back. So, on, on you know on I guess like this, the the topic of I guess your rugby career or the theme of your rugby career once you got there is that things progressed quite quickly so your yeah. debut came four rounds in to that Super Rugby season coincidentally back in Melbourne where your family was at at the time so you know obviously there would have been a bit of nerves leading into that one but how special was that occasion being able to make your debut in front of you know your whanau you know people who you've you've repeatedly said on this podcast already that you're that you're so close to and you know what do you remember of that game yeah the first thing i remember is because i got yellow carded uh, that's the first thing i remember it for yeah because i got carded like 20 minutes ago i think it was but yeah like apart from that like yeah it was obviously real special getting to play in front of them yeah it was just like crazy how it all sort of worked out like where I was playing my debut, like I didn't expect it. Like I remember getting the team getting read out because I, I didn't, like we sort of didn't get like told like at, around that time. We didn't get told like we'd find out like at the team naming, which was like, oh, because we were traveling to Melbourne, it would have been like early on in the week. But yeah, I didn't find out till like they played the, you know, like the team to go over. Um, and I found out then and I was like, oh, shucks, like, like over the moon bro like real stoked and stuff and yeah just remember telling them that you know i was um making my debut over there especially like starting and stuff because yeah i didn't expect that like i if i had debuted like i would have thought like off the bench or something like that but yeah it was just um just lucky i've been training well and stuff and putting putting my hand up and, you know, like some of the boys sort of vouched to me and said, oh, um, this guy need, like, you know, deserves an opportunity and stuff. So, you know, that was pretty cool too. So, yeah. This thing. And I was going to say, bro, because, you know, like I've talked to, you know, guys and I always mention what was their debut like. And for someone like you who started in yours, do you feel like you're looking back, would you rather start in your debut or come off the bench? Because for me personally, I'd almost want to start because if you're on the bench, you're sort of like in that stop-start mode. Like, when am I gonna get oh. on? Like, how am I gonna do it? Like, yeah. and then you get in there and like everybody's like already all firing, and then you've got to find a way to get yourself involved. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you reckon? It's uh, uh, a tough one, eh? Like, because I'd come off the bench like a few times that year as well. Like after that, yeah, and like you said, it's it's like sort of hard to sort of gauge where the game's at. Um, and like where you need to get to because like for me if I'm coming off the bench like I I won't want to warm up too hard out in terms of like burning myself out in case you know like I just want to sort of do it closer to the time that I do get on yeah obviously probably like start just because yeah I'd get to just sort of work or not work my way into the game but sort of get a gauge like right away of where it's at so yeah yeah, cool, bro. 
and then one of the other unique things that you've had the pleasure of doing in your career so far is playing against the British and Irish Lions, which was also yeah. part of that debut year. So I think you're, you're one of the few guests that I've had on and you're the first person that I'm going to ask this, you know, like where does that game rank for you like all time and like how different was that playing against such a historic team? Yeah, that would be like top five for me, like footy games I've played just because, you know, you, you don't really get to play against, you know, the, the British and Irish Lions, really. Like, and it's sort of like just a small window as well because, you know, they go from playing us to playing, you know, the Aussies and then playing South Africa, I think, yeah, South Africa more recently. And, like, you know, sometimes you you just won't, like, you'll be unlucky and, like, sort of miss the, you know, miss that sort of window and not be able to. But, yeah, I was just, yeah, real grateful that I did get that game because, like, we lost and stuff. But just to sort of play against, um, you know, the best from over there, like, in Europe and stuff was, like, pretty eye-opening too and just the way they played the game as well. So, yeah, because they were, like, way bigger than us and stuff. Like, I remember that. Um, and like here, like we had like a pretty big pack too. Like, yeah, it was just crazy to like see like people that are bigger than like our the boys that were running around with us. Um, yeah, yeah. But apart from that, bro, like it was a cool experience, man. Like I was traded jerseys with yeah Elliot Daly at the time, and he, I think I'm not sure Yo. if he played. Yeah, he's the man, bro. Like had a yarn to him afterwards. Yeah, and he's a cool dude, bro. Like he's pretty mean player too bro um so yeah that was cool but that's that's what i remember it for bro. i just remember having a yarn to him afterwards and like i obviously knew who he was because i'd watched like some of his games and stuff and like his highlights and stuff and just yeah being like just being able to yarn to him and share a beer with him after bro it was cool yeah bro the beauty of footy um Yo. now you spent the next four seasons with the chiefs but in that time, though, you bounced between three different NPC franchises. You were at Northland, you moved down to Tasman for a season, and then back to Waikato. Yeah. Uh, why so many changes? And surely that made life difficult. Yo, yeah, it did. So it looked like Northland. Well, the main reason I left was because I'm not sure like what happened and stuff, but um, they let go of Dale. So they let go of him, but like I felt, um, and like a lot of the boys felt that they should have kept him on because he was a big part of, because that second year, I think it was the 2017 year, um, like he was a big part of us getting to the semis. But yeah, I just felt one of the big factors, bro, was that they'd let go of him, sort of, I don't, I don't know what happened. But yeah, like I felt, like for me, like I don't sort of really want to be there if he wasn't there sort of thing. Because the whole mm-hmm. time I was negotiating and stuff, like I was, I, I kept asking them if if Diesel was going to be there. Um, but yeah, like uh, they they ended up like just being straight up with me and son, like nah. And then yeah, like ended up moving to Tassie because I'd I'd, I'd known Rang, um, the oh, Leon Leon McDonald, um, and you know they just sort of they went like pretty well the year before, and I felt like it could be good for a change sort of thing. Um, and went down there and my missus moved in with me there. Um, and that was cool too, bro. Like, um, it was, yeah, like real nice place to live and stuff and good group of boys too. But yeah, for me, like that, then those last two years was because like, just sort of wanted to be based like in one spot. Like, like you said, like the moving and stuff was, would have been, hard so um those last two years was pretty much just so we could like just settle in and not have to move like back and forth which was cool as well because my fiance's like got settled in pretty well but then i threw a spanner in the works and said we're moving to dunners (laughs) (laughs) so um (laughs) it was cool man like i used to like the beauty of it is that i you know got to meet a lot of good guys and yeah, just good blokes and like form relationships with, you know, new coaches as well. So, you know, that was that's that was the cool thing. Like for me, like obviously the moving and stuff was hard at first, but yeah, like 
those last two seasons was probably a lot easier for us just to be based in that um, one spot. Yeah, bro. Well, life experience, eh? It all adds up. Like you said, you, you make different connections and yeah. um, you, you learn that maybe you do want to settle somewhere or it's easier on the misses, mm. bro. Yeah. But yeah, all, all yeah. part and parcel of it, bro. And I'm, and I'm sure you'll pay her back when it's her time to take yeah. the lead. But but your time in the Chiefs jersey came to an end last year. And unfortunately, it probably didn't end the way you wanted it with you doing your shoulder. So can you give us a better understanding as to why you shifted down to the Highlanders after that point? You know, because I know yep. there was a bit of talk uh, last year about who the Highlanders fullback was going to be. So was part of the deal yep. getting you down there because you wanted to be more of a 15 or... Yeah, so the the main reason was, yeah, like, because they had an opportunity to, you know, like, as a, yeah, as a 15. And, like, yeah, like, I'd, I'd played, like, a few seasons up up at the Chiefs at 15, but, like, the main reason was because, you know, like, um, Damon was injured. So um, I got to step into that role, like, through injury and stuff. But I thought I'd sort of waited out last year and see how I felt post it. But yeah, like when I'd yarn to the lens and stuff like they, because I they'd yarn to me the year before about coming down earlier, so going down last year to to do that. Mm-hmm. But I was I was too um a bit too like sort of worried um, at the time and like I I don't think oh Bra- oh was Brownie there? Oh I didn't know that Brownie was there long term so Tony Brown mm-hmm. um, like he was like a big reason I came down to as well just because of how he sort of plays the game likes to play the game and you know there's the crazy ideas he throws out on the pitch too so um, yeah the, I think like the deciding factor was like for me to come down and try to play my way into that 15 jumper but like for me now like I don't even know where I prefer a eh? like I like aspects of both. Yeah. Like I, I still don't know what I prefer eh? out of the two. Like I thought it was fifteen, but now like I like wing as well. Just sort of depends sort of what sort of game you know, I feel like playing sort of thing. It's hard it's hard to it's hard to say. Like um but that was yeah, that was the main reason. I still feel like I'd like that's sort of where I want to put my best foot forward. But I think anywhere anywhere in the fifteen. Uh, well, the 23, like, I'll be grateful with, bro, just because, you know, just getting back into it, really. So, yeah. Yeah, bro. And you touched on Tony Brown and him being a draw card for you moving down south. Like, again, like, you've had your fair share of coaches. You mentioned um, Diesel, who, you, who you're quite close with and you're working with this season. But all I ever hear about Tony Brown is just, like, good review after good review after good review. Like, he's a genius. Like having like been around in the season, what what makes him so revered, and what makes him different to everyone else? I think because like like a lot of the NZ teams play the game pretty similar, and yeah, like him and how he sees it, bro, is like pretty pretty buzzy. Like just like the detail he puts into it, and then at the same time, like he sort of just gives you a license to just play what's in front of you. So like if you if you stuff it up, he'll ask you though, like he'll be like, like why'd you do this? And if you if you're like, oh it was on, I said like and justify why it was on and stuff, then he's like, oh sweet. Like he's all good with it. Like as opposed to like punishing seeing what was on and having a crack in it not coming off. Because sometimes like it's on, but it just won't come off and then they'll sort of judge you on that as opposed to asking you like why you thought or why it was on to the individual. And then, yeah, he's like cool, like good in the aspect, bro. And just the way he sees the game, bro, and like the shapes he runs and just the detail, like week in and week out, like always changed, like with our maps and stuff, where we're attacking them and that, um, where he saw that we could really put the opposition team under pressure, which was like buzzy, like um, not saying that we, didn't at the Chiefs and stuff, but it was just like we we did, but it was probably just not as much detail as what I was used to because this guy was like yeah next level, bro. And it, yeah, it took a while for me to adjust and sort of pick it up 
and just see what he was seeing because I've been, you know, up north for like four years and was just used to like how it was done there and like I've just seen it that way. But um, it was cool like having him just explain to me like you know like this is like how I see it and and where he sort of felt that I could impact it in that sense. So he's the man, bro. Like such a good rugby brain and bro, it won't be long till he's like involved with the ABs somehow. So yeah. Well, he was part. He was going to be a part of. Oh no, no, he wasn't. It was he going to be a part of Scott Robertson's? I'm not sure. I think he's got ties with Japan because of Jamie Joseph. Yeah, um, hard. but yeah, I, I think they both sort of wanted him, wanted him on their like coaching staff. But yeah, he was obviously still like mm. he didn't want to leave uh, Jamie, bro. So and they're a mean team as well, bro. Like you've seen what they did with Japan. So yeah. Yeah, bro, and in previous years. And and I was just going to mention, bro, that's crack out that you mentioned the fact that, you know, like, as long as you give him um, a justifiable explanation as to why you did the thing you did, like, he's all cool with it. Because that's the that, that's what something I always crack up at. Not that I'm a flurry player, bro, but, you know, when I've played or and played in different teams and it's crack up, you know, like, guys will be, like, the first one to get on you, like, if you muck up doing something. But sure. if uh, it comes off, bro, everyone's kissing your ass afterwards. So it's like... Yeah. It's like a catch twenty-two, bro. It's like yeah. you're a hero or like you're the villain, bro. Yo. Like put, make your yeah, mind up, up, make your mind up. <laughs> Hardy, bro, that's so true, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, all right. So then, fast forward to now, as we touched on, you know, like you missed bulk of that season, you know, to get your head straight, but you're fresh into it. You know, like, do you have any like mini goals for yourself, or like, what's the if you can give us an, an insight into what the stags are up to this year, like what are your guys' goals, you know, both as a team and then for you individually? Yeah, bro. So our team goal is to get a home semi. Um, so that'll mean we'll have to finish top two, which is oh, people will look, look, um, look in from the outside and be like, oh, you know, it's like reaching a bit. But I think like with the group we've got um, and the boys we've still got to come back, like it's pretty achievable like we lost on the weekend but like I was saying after the game to like a couple of the boys and Diesel like it's still like we lost but they felt like we hadn't fired a shot you know like I think that first half we had like 33% position and territory so like we we're playing on nothing and then I think it was similar in the second half like we, we just didn't really like weren't able to build phases together and stuff and like I reckon once like once we start clicking, bro, like that's like well, I say like and like the group does too, that it's like a pretty achievable goal. And then yeah, for me, bro, like in terms of footy and stuff, like we just sort of want to like just keep enjoying my code and just just having fun with it, bro, when I'm out there. Like I'm not gonna put any numbers or anything or like you know, where I wanna be like once this is sort of finished and stuff but for me it's just about like just enjoying my code and stuff and just um just adding like good value where i can like to this team because i learned a lot like up north and then just up the road as well um and i feel like there's so much that i can sort of offer this this team as well bro so that's the main thing and then outside of code haven't really like put any goals but I was yarning to like one of my mates that had come down and he sort of said there was like oh just like this paper that like if I'd be interested in stuff at uh up at Otago so I might look into that next year that's something I sort of want to do because it'll be good to have something on the side that sort of takes my mind off code as well especially going into next year and stuff but yeah like footy wise and stuff bro like I haven't set any goals, like in particular, like but apart from me just enjoying my code and just having fun. Yeah. Yeah, bro. But say studies are the man. Studies are the man. What's, what, <laughs> bro, what, what's need, that about, bro? I need I need to study something, bro. Um, because like I want I want I want to be a policeman, but because my fiance's uh, uh, dad's a policeman, but he's like quite up there, like he's like in the STG. So special tactics group and stuff. So, um, and they like anyone that sort of comes over that, you know, like I think it was like when part of the Royal family and that came as well, like they were the people that sort of looked after them and like took them around and stuff, bro. So yeah, bro, like he, he's up there now. Like it obviously took him a while to get there, but 
bro, like the videos he shows me of them training and stuff, like it's unreal. Like, bro, so cool, man. Like, like I reckon like that would be that'd be my dream job. <laughs> but cool, like, bro. No, yeah, like, that's... yeah, well, that would be obviously like saying cool, bro. Like, um, to look into, but it'll just yeah, because my partner wants to join the force as well, um, police force because she's a PT, so. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, bro. So, just gotta have options, eh, bro? Bro, bro, it sounds like a lethal family, bro. Get to get them all on the front line, <laughs> bro, bro. Holy Hardy, <laughs> man. Oh, bro. <laughs> bro, it's only a couple of years away by the sounds of it, bro. <laughs> yeah, oh, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway, my man. Um, that that's pretty much a wrap of where I wanted to get with you with, with footy and stuff like that bro but with all of my guests i like to round my show off with two segments the last one yep. being a funny one but the first one is bro game day routine what does that look like for you um shucks for me like i don't do anything like out the gate like just pretty much just a regular day bro like oh, i do like to sleep heaps though if it's a earlier kickoff, like I'll, I'll I'll sleep like say it's a four o'clock kickoff, like I'll sleep quite a bit till like twelve. Like I'll I'll get up, wake up, and have breakfast and stuff, but I'll go back to sleep straight after, and then wake up at lunch, go back to sleep straight after till we have to meet again. But nothing out the gate. Like I think that's pretty much my routine, bro. Just eat, sleep, <laughs> eat. <laughs> eat, sleep, eat, play. Beauty, bro. Yo. What a ritual. <laughs> Bro, what about superstitions? Do you like have to play a certain song? Do you put on like a boot? Do you have to wear a, a wristband? Is anything like that? Did they write your name or write somebody's name on your on your tape? Anything like that? I used to, bro. Like I used to, what do you call it? Like just play a song before every game, but like that only lasted like a couple of seasons, and then. But I like I'm playing on something at the moment because. Like and not listen to music. So like, just have my earphones on, but I'm not listening to music just because I don't want to bug the other <laughs> boys. So, <laughs> like, because I found that I'd sort of, I sort of click a bit better if I'm, if, if I'm not listening to music. So rather than just not having earphones and stuff, like I have my earphones on, but oh, look, I'm not actually listening to anything. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm playing with that at the moment. Hey, eh? I reckon like, like, because that's worked out for me for like. Like for a wee while now too. So yeah. All right, bro. I have to so try you it, bro. Me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> bro, it's pretty crack up, G. Because some of the boys will ask me as well, like, gee, what, what are you listening to? And um, <laughs> you know, like I'll just go because I'll just make up what I'm listening to, like because I like like um, whistle off and stuff. So I'll just name one of their songs, and then they'll usually be like, oh, I don't know what that is, and then just go away. <laughs> Oh, bro, the same with me. Like, one thing that I do just on the topic of headphones, if I got to go anywhere like the supermarket, bro, I always chuck them in just in case like, I run into someone. And it's not that I'm not trying to be rude, bro, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 like, good to see you. And then, like, keep walking, bro. It's just like, that gives oh, me the yeah, excuse, yeah. bro, when I got the headphones in. So, yeah, because yeah, nah. that can be awkward, though, eh? Like, because you could, you might see them like, maybe even three times in yeah, the same bro. shopping line. <laughs> Yo, and you're like, well, like, what do you do, eh? Like, because you feel stink if you just, like, look away, but, like, you don't want to as well. <laughs> That's crack up. I might have to try that, bro. <laughs> bro, life hacks. All right, getting on to part two, even though we're already cracking up. Um, this segment's called 10 in the bin, bro. So it's got 10 yeah. questions for you, and you just answer away as freely as possible. Safe, bro. All right, number one, what's your go-to vessel to pre-drinks on a night out? Um, at the moment, bro, probably uh, summits, but summits, bro. Great, bro. Great <laughs> choice for a southern man. Uh, number two, who's the biggest coach's pet you've been around? <laughs> um, oh, uh, probably. Uh, probably. Um, Samsoni. Took Yahoo. Tag him in it as well if you bro. <laughs> bro, it's good, bro. It's got bro. him pretty far, bro. <laughs> if that's bro, what uh... it takes. <laughs> oh, Ruth. All right. Um, question number three. Who was your idol growing up? Oh 
like him footy and stuff, probably GI. GI, bro, he was a man. Well, he played league, but no, bro, no, I get he that. Man, yo, he was unreal. Bro, I can only imagine if he played for the Wallabies, eh? Like, imagine if half those league boys played for the Wallabies, bro. Like, bro, and like, and to think that the like, Wallabies already beat us on occasion, bro, and they're not even they don't even yeah. have their best athletes. Yeah, hard because like quite a few of them came. Oh, I think they like there was like a write up about some of them that had played like like rugby for their schools team and stuff, mm. but like they've kicked on in league, bro. Yeah, like like, like Halen Ponga, bro. Yeah. Names. Bro, I was like, what the hell? Like, they'd have a stacked team, like such a mean team. Be yeah, hard. All right, question number four. And I and I think I already know what what it's gonna be, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. What's your must do on a day off? Um take the dogs. Take the dogs out, bro. True. Um, I was waiting for sleep, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> and yeah, sleep sleeping, holy wreck. But yeah, like take the dogs. For the walk, um, or for a walk, or take them to the dog park. Just yeah, cool to see them happy too. Though. So me and Mumsy will take them out and stuff. Um, yeah, sounds like a great time. Uh, question number five: <laughs> favorite cheat meal? Uh, uh Macca's, bro. So I'll go. Yeah, Big Mac, Big Mac combo, just regular. Um, Coke, no ice, McChicken on its own. Six chicken nuggets and a double cheeseburger, bro. That would be my go-to, bro. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Bro, when you're bro. when you're bulking season, that sounds like bulking <laughs> season. <laughs> bro, that's a power when you. That's a power when you feel. Yo, yo, I can't do that at the moment, eh? Holy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, I already know this one as well, bro, but you can have a bit of fun with it, be a bit imaginative. Uh, if you weren't a rugby yep. player, yep. what would you want to do? Be a boxer. Right. Break box. Oh, like it's obviously like if, if you're not that good, then your it's, your brain's not going to be <laughs> that great. But, bro, like I've, um, yeah, I've just like, I've done a little bit on the side and I just like enjoy the training. And because it's just like you... It's just like sort of you there, you know, like especially like when I've had like one-on-ones trainings and stuff, like it's been pretty cool. Um, and because I got into it through, yeah, through my missus as well, bro. So yeah, she's got good hands, bro. But um, yeah, no, I, I reckon, yeah, I, I if I wasn't, like I'd, bro, I'd be keen to like give that a crack, eh? But I wouldn't be allowed because my missus wouldn't let me, but yeah, I'd be keen to give that a crack, bro. That'd be mean. Well, Mayweather or the men. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, um, <laughs> who's the who's the chiefest teammate you've been around, bro? Um, probably, <laughs> probably, um, probably. I'm trying to like decide who. Bro, you yeah, can name a couple two. if you want, bro. Name them yeah, both. So, name them both. Yes. Yeah, so when I was up north, it was uh, it was Itany. Yeah, he's tight butt cheeks. And then, yeah, bro, like just up the road, probably Jonah. I reckon he'll 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 he'll, he'll try to be like nah, but he is he's, <laughs> he is he is, bro. He will not. He won't shut. He won't shut you. You won't shout, yeah. All right, bro. I know who to avoid. Um, now I know you, I know you just mentioned the fact that you walk around and you don't play any songs uh, while you got your headphones in. But is there an artist or a song that you have on repeat right now that I could add to my Spotify? Yeah, bro. Probably Chris Brown, um, Gangsta Way. I'm a, I'm a Chris it? Brown guy, bro. But I haven't heard of Gangsta Way. No. Haven't heard it. Yeah, no. I, bro. See, I didn't heard it until. Yeah, a couple months ago, but um, so the boys like were having like a, a doozy at theirs, and they mm-hmm. played it, and I was like, "Shucks, what song is this?" And then, yeah, they said it was Chris. Um, he, they said it was Breezy, and then looked it up, bro. And, bro I still thrash it. Eh? <laughs> yeah, bro. So add that, bro. It's, it's, it's a cool song, man. I think it's maybe French Montana. There's a couple artists, other artists on it as well. So, yeah, bro, it's a cool song. All right, bro. 
I had to hit it tomorrow morning. Um, yeah. who's the who's the biggest grub you've played with and against? Um, Mitch Brown, bro, he's he's a grub. Eh? Like, like that is, but it was cool when I was playing with him. But then because I played <laughs> against him uh, when he was playing for the or when like when he was playing for the Naki, bro, he was just giving it to me, eh? like and rucks and everything, bro. But like, you can't do anything, and there's no way to prove it unless the camera's right there. But it might attend like. You know they don't have as many angles, so um, bro, he's 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 a grub, bro. But good man though, good man, bro. But just a grub. <laughs> the dark hearts, eh? All right. Uh, yeah. Question number ten, bro. And all you gotta do is finish the sentence for me. Saturdays are for. <laughs> uh, Saturdays are for walking your dogs. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, you're stitching me up. <laughs> bro, great, bro. That's great thinking on your feet, bro. Right, Unbelievable, oh, mate. <laughs> That's a fat whack and a half. All right, bro, team. Um, well, that, that, that wraps up this podcast, bro. A, a, a very humorous way to end it. I know I started the podcast off by saying thank you, bro, but I just want to reiterate just how grateful I am to have taken up a bit of your time like I said, uh, awesome to hear about your story and even more so to hear that, you know, like what you've gone through um, and the fact that you've come out the other end of it and it's, you know, it's happier days now. So, you know, best wow. of luck for the rest of your footy season, bro. And if I'm ever in the deep South, you know who's going to be shouting you <laughs> a, a spade summer, bro. <laughs> Yo, thanks, bro. Thanks for having me on, eh? Good dude, bro. Appreciate it, eh? And... <laughs> All right, my man. I'll, Safety, um, bro. Yeah. Let you to it. Peace. Yeah, bro. Hardy, hardy. Safety, bro.